This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Hey, it's Seamus from Newhoff Media Lafayette. And this is Inside Our Towns, the podcast about the people and places that make our communities great. Season 2, Episode 1. Brought to you by Arconic Lafayette. If it flies or drives, we are on it. Arconic is the leader in the production of world-class aluminum products that transform the way we fly, drive, and build. All right, on the phone with us, Stephen Preischel, Scuba, as we affectionately call him around the disc golf community, the president of the Wabash Disc Golf Club. And how are you doing, sir? Uh, I'm doing just great, and I'm actually the vice president now. The vice president. Oh, man, yeah. i got to adjust yeah. my I, notes. I, I, I was the president for a number of years and uh, am uh, moving over a little bit to give some of the uh, younger folks a chance to get in there and uh, learn about all the things that go into running a uh, nonprofit organization uh in lafayette to take care of disc golf stuff so well let's see uh, that, that's me that's you vp you're still be scooped yep. to everyone scuba scoob does anyone ever call you scooby dooby doo is that one ever made it on there or did i just not, not, not yet but okay. um but now that you've mentioned it i look forward to hearing that in the future <laughs> thanks a lot <laughs> all right well let's talk about the wabash disc golf club when did it start um well the there was kind of an informal disc golf club in the in the Lafayette area even like before I, I started playing around 2010 and there was kind of an informal club then um, but it was I think 2012 that the club actually like became incorporated and became a 501c3 nonprofit organization um, but I'm not sure how long before I started playing golf there was kind of an informal club, which I think was called the Tippy Canoe Golf Club or something. It, it was it was before I, I, I got involved, but the, the Wabash Disc Golf Club as a, an official organization has been around for about 10 years. About 10 years. And what's the mission? So if you, if you guys, you guys have your meetings and you want to make sure you're on point and everything, but what is the mission of the Disc Golf Club? Uh, our, our mission statement is to improve and promote the sport of disc golf in the greater Lafayette area. That is... Um, which, which for us generally ends up meaning, you know, working on courses, holding events and leagues, and uh, uh, learn to disc golf events, and doing things like uh, setting up a, a basket at Mosey Down Main Street, and you know, all those kind of things that we uh, that we do to to promote disc golf and to uh, try to help make it more fun for uh, for the community. So let's talk about. The courses in town. We're going to get into a bunch more for some beginner stuff and uh, some events that you guys have coming up and stuff. But take me through the courses in our in our close vicinity because there's Indiana has a lot of disc golf courses. It, it is there's just courses everywhere. But in our immediate vicinity, which ones do you guys focus on? So the in the in the Lafayette area, you know, within the city limit is the the. The original course in, in town was uh, at Murdoch Park, um, and when I started playing uh, 10 years ago or 12 years ago, whatever it is now, uh, Murdoch Park had just nine baskets, and there were two tees that went to each basket so you could make you know an 18-hole layout. Um, and then in, I think it was 2012, right, it was right around the time that we, that we incorporated and became a nonprofit, um, the Disc Golf Club expanded Murdoch Park to be 18 holes like it is now. Um, and so that's been, uh, you know, that was just a, a fantastic uh, addition to uh, to that course and, and for town. Um, then the other two courses, in as far as right in Lafayette itself, are, are at McAllister Park, which if uh, anyone's not familiar with McAllister Park, um, that's where the Lafayette uh, ball golf course used to be on Ninth Street. 
Um, and so in 2013, when the ball golf course shut down, um, so let me stop you uh, there real quick. Let me stop you there real quick for everyone who plays golf. Disc golfers call golf ball golf, and uh, it's not a derogatory term. It's just so that we don't get confused when we're speaking. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I, when you tell, yeah. when I tell golfers that we call it ball golf, they're like, "Dude, really? We're ball golf?" I'm like, "Yeah, well, you use a ball to golf. Yep. We use a disc to golf." So, okay, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> and, and well, and, and along that line, since so many of my friends are are disc golfers, like when we talk to each other and we say, "Let's golf." Like, we are talking about disc golfing. Right. So if you're referring to something that isn't disc golf, you have to, like, you have to specify that you're referring to the uh, to, to the, to the ball golf version, um, especially because a lot of disc golfers uh, are are very familiar with or also ball golf as well. The, the two sports are very similar and for a lot of people kind of kind of scratch the same itch. So right. uh, um, when, when you're talking to to a disc golfer, you may be also talking to a to a ball golfer. So you have to kind of. Uh, uh, yeah, like like you said, it'll be confusing if you just said golf and meant one and not the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but so anyway, uh, talking about the what used to be the Lafayette uh, ball golf course, uh, when that closed in 2013, I think it was like February of 2013, um, the disc golf club uh, pretty quickly went out there and we started taking a walk around and uh, looking at the at, at the course and. It, it didn't take it didn't take long before we started thinking. Oh, you know, it'd be fun if we you know threw from this spot over here and and threw toward that over there. And uh, as we spent a month or so out there throwing frisbees all over the uh, the old uh, ball golf course, we we came up with, uh, uh, with with a layout that we could use. And the city was kind enough to uh, you know to kind of jump on board with it. Um, I think mostly because they didn't have a whole lot of plans. Uh, for for that area after the after the, the the golf course closed, so we gave them you know an easy way to keep the park sort of maintained, and then and they you know would mow along the uh, uh, the cart paths, and they'd mow the disc golf course, and it really kept that area something that that was that was enjoyable for people to use, and it didn't get you know completely overgrown, and it, it really made that area be something that the community could take advantage of, even during a time when the city and the parks department really you know, weren't sure what they were going to do with that, with that space long-term. Um, and so that course was in for a number of years, probably five years or so. Um, and at the time, each year, the disc golf club would say to the parks department, you know, Hey, are you guys doing anything with, you know, with, with this park this year, or can we keep this golf course again? And uh, so year after year, we had to, you know, just keep asking and hoping that, uh, you know, that we got to keep using the course. And uh, then eventually, this was now um, about three or four years ago, um, the, the city and the parks department got together and, and approached the, the disc golf club and said, hey, for the next 10 years, you can, you know, we, we're committing that you guys can have, you know, can use this area for disc golf for the next 10 years. Wow. And that was a really big step for us because there were a lot of, Additions to the to the disc golf course that really weren't worth the financial investment until we knew it would be staying long term. Um, like you know the, the the nice baskets that are out there now. Um, while we had baskets before, they were older baskets, but we couldn't justify spending the money on on new baskets and then you know be run into the course potentially running away in the or leaving in the following year. 
So, uh, so then as soon as we got that commitment for 10 years, we bought brand new championship level baskets. We're putting in concrete tee pads, um, and, you know, put up signage and all those kind of things that were just not worth the, the effort and the, and the investment to do until we, we could count on the course being there. Um, and also at that same time, the city gave us permission to use uh, there was another piece of land just south of where the the ball golf course used to be if if you're familiar with with that area there was the ball golf course and this kind of a vacant piece of property and then the uh um the model airplane park was just a little farther south than that so there was this 30 acre piece of property between the what was the old ball golf course and and the model airplane park that had become just overgrown um with uh, mostly mulberry uh, there's a lot of silver maple and cottonwood and things out there, but it just, you know, it just whatever happened to grow there. Um, and I had been eyeing up that piece of property for a disc golf course for a while. And the city said, well, you can also use, you know, this part for 10 years too. Um, and basically they said, you know, it's going to be at least 10 years until we get around to looking at this spot and deciding what we want to do with it long term. Um, so we put in a second course down at McAllister Park that was in a much more wooded area, which if, if, you're, if you're a disc golfer at all, um, you can really appreciate that, that difference in the two, in the two courses. The, the original course um, on the ball golf course was you know, naturally fairly open um, and, and, and fairly long. We used a lot of the cart paths out of bounds. And then the new disc golf course is in a much more wooded area and requires a lot more shot shaping and, and, and technical disc golf as opposed to, to throwing a Frisbee really far. Much, um, much more wooded is an understatement. It's yeah. it's all trees. Yeah. There's a couple of yeah. holes that you can open up on, but yeah, it's it's super, super technical and very fun. Yeah. And, and, and that's really a thing that, that disc golfers just really appreciate. They love having variety. They love having, you know, some open shots and some wooden, wooded shots. And so when you come to a place like McAllister Park where there's the, uh, what we call the, the washout waters course, which is the old ball golf course, and then the washout woods course, which is, you know, right next door, you park in the same parking lot and you can you know, access both courses. Um, that's such a, uh, such, such a rare treat to have uh, to be able to hit two, you know, so different and, 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 and such quality courses right next to each other. All right, this is Inside Our Towns, the podcast about the people and places make our communities great. Brought to you by Iconic Lafayette. If it flies or drives, we are on it. I'm talking to Scuba Steve, vice president of the Wabash Disc Golf Club. Um, and so those are the courses that we have in Lafayette, those two, yeah. uh, or those three, sorry. Uh, there's also two nine-hole courses up at Purdue that are up sometimes, uh, one on Slater yeah. Hill and then one at the intramural fields. Um, do you? Pl- I don't play those ones that much. Do you? About once a year. I, I well, see. For me, I live on like the exact opposite side of town. So okay. for me to go to the Purdue courses, it you know, I have to drive past all three courses in Lafayette to get there. Um, and the, the Slater Hill course is is, is pretty fun. Um, but with it being right on campus, you run into a lot of a lot of times where you'll get there and there'll be like students doing something or at least you know something going on, and you'll have to skip a couple of holes. And um, for, for me to have to drive several other courses to get there and and be you know un, unsure about what the what the golfing situation is going to be I end up not going over to, 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 to Purdue that often but it's a fantastic resource for 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 the students who are there like to have a place on campus um, you know even even if you just use the the Slater hillside or just the you know the picket park side or whatever uh, just just to have someplace else there to throw and 
um, and, and and toss it some baskets is a is a, is a great uh, great facility for them to have. Um, but then you run into they take the baskets down when there's football games, and yep. uh, so there are a lot of there, there are a lot of downsides to having a course in the middle of a, a public university like that. But it's certainly nice to have it there. Is there another piece of property you got your eye on that you want to talk about? Well, um, there are a couple that uh, that there has has been uh, mention of, you know, potentially having disc golf there, but uh, we're kind of up in the air on those still. Um, those are mostly uh, there's two spots that are county parks. Um, one is uh, Bicentennial Park, which is actually um, like. It's essentially in, in Lafayette too. You could you could walk from the Waters Course over to Bicentennial Park if you uh, uh, if, if you wanted to, um, but I believe it's technically a county park. Um, it is, yeah. It was part of the it, Bicentennial. The county has it because I, I kayak there. Great place to go oh, uh, play yeah, kayak. Awesome, very fun. Yep, yeah. yeah, and, and there, there's there's some really great uh, wooded areas and some great open areas and some elevation change and there's a lot of nice things for disc golf out there. But they're definitely not at a point where they're looking to uh, looking to do that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's another area, uh, Hoffman Nature Preserve, which is I think it might be Americus. I don't know if what, okay. which town it's te- technically in, um, but it's down Old State Road 25 a little a, a little ways, um, and that's an area that. Um, that, that's that's a, a very new park for them too. Where there's a lot of um, some open farm field that they plan to eventually uh, reforest. Um, there's some wooded areas that they have purchased or are still finishing purchasing from uh, some of the, the the neighboring landowners. So I don't think that that's definitely not at the point of of being disc golf ready either. But that's another spot that they've approached us um, in the past to talk about the possibility of putting in disc golf at those places, but the, the county is, is the county parks department isn't really at a at a point where they're ready to do that with those spots yet. But we'll keep our eyes open and, and see what happens. All right. Well let's talk about the we had an event on Saturday, January 29th that I participated in also, um, which was the Ice Bowl for Food Finders. How many players was the total turnout? Uh, there were eighty five players um, it was, I believe, what'd you say, five degrees or something? Four, at, at four degrees when four, we started. Four, four, four yeah. degrees at, at ten in the morning when we teed off. A couple inches of snow on the ground, um, mostly just enough to make it make everything white. I don't think there were too many lost disc problems, but uh, um, but a couple. Um, but yeah, like having that kind of of turnout for people who are coming to play in, in an event where. There, you know, there's no prizes. There's no, you know, there, there, there's, there's, there's nothing besides knowing that you're coming out and, and helping out food finders and, and playing in a, in a PDGA event, which I could not be more proud that, you know, of, of the disc golf community to do that kind of thing every year. It's really great. It was a, it was a fantastic event and the food, man, oh. the food, everyone talks about the food at this event and it's a buttery yep. shelf, right? Catering. Yeah. And yep. the corn chowder. To die for. I, I talked to them about when they're going to be opening back up because they're open Fridays. Is it Fridays and Saturdays for lunch sometimes, but they're not yeah. going to do that until March. But, oh, my gosh, if you need catering, just get a big jug of the corn chowder. Everyone will be happy. Yeah, it, it is fantastic. Everything they do is fantastic. And they, they actually they, they donate lunch. So all the money wow. that, that, that people pay for lunch all just goes straight to food finders. And that, that's such a like such a great way for, for us to be able to add – you know, add to the to the to the cash donation to food finders, all while doing something that you know kind of needs to be happening at the event anyway. 
Yeah, well, we needed the food. Yeah, we were starving yeah. to death. Because it's two, three-hour rounds. I mean, it's not yeah. you're not messing around. It had a really good time. If, gr- the best vibe of any tournament you're ever going to go to is the ice bowl. Um, now, let's talk about the numbers. You just released those uh, right after the event, but how much were you able to donate to Food Finders? Um, we gathered uh, 475 pounds of food and uh, gave them a check for $1,750, which was our biggest uh, cash donation to them yet for an ice bowl. And this was our our 12th or 13th? I think this was our 12th. I think it was the 12th one. And I can tell you, because I talk to food finders a lot, and they love you guys, because they said, (laughs) we don't do anything. They just show up with all this food and money. They don't ask for anything except for, when can I drop this off? So That's pretty much it. I I stopped down a couple days ahead of time, and they... Hooked me up with a big stack of banana boxes to, to put all the canned goods in. And then on, on Monday, I bring everything in there and hand it to them. And they say, thank you very much. And everybody's happy. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait till next year. I mean, it, seriously, it was so much fun. Now, let's talk about some other events that you guys have that you guys put on throughout the year if people want to get involved with. Then we're going to transition to some advice for big beginners who are just getting started. So tell us about the other events that you guys host. Okay. So the club hosts a lot of things uh, throughout the year. Uh, most of them are, are fairly casual events, like um, from the time that the clocks spring forward until the time that the clocks fall back again. Um, so you know, during daylight savings time there, uh, we hold uh, Monday random doubles, which, which is Monday evening. Um, it starts any time but 5, 5.30 or 6 o'clock, depending on the time of year and depending on, on what we have for light. Um, and that is... Uh, if you if you're familiar with like a best shot golf tournament, where you'll you'll just show up, be randomly paired with somebody else, and you'll each throw a drive off the tee and decide which drive you like better, and then go over to that one and you'll each throw a shot from there until you uh, finally end up getting it in the basket. Um, and that is um, that, that's probably the most most casual thing uh, we do every week. Um, and that was the first thing that I ever really got involved in, you know, as far as an, an organized disc golfing back when I started playing. And it is the absolute best way to, like, if you're a new player, to come out and see what people who are, who are disc golf, you know, who, who are experienced disc golfers, what they can do with a Frisbee, because it is, like, jaw-dropping the first time you go from, <laughs> you know, throwing your Frisbee in, you know, uh, in, in your backyard or, you know, like, when I first started, I, had, I played by myself a bunch and had never, like, seen anyone who really knew what to do with a Frisbee, and... It was eye-opening, and I was instantly hooked. Well, I was pretty hooked already, but then as soon as I saw people playing golf who knew what they were doing, like I, I like couldn't get enough of it then. Um, so that, that, that's a fantastic way to, to get involved in the local disc golf community, meet a lot of the other players. It's very casual. Nobody cares if you're, if you're good or bad. It doesn't matter. It's, you know, it, it's five bucks to play, so it's, like, it's not a big investment to come out and, uh, and support the club and, and meet some of the other members. Um, then the last couple of years, and I imagine we'll be doing it this year again too, we'll do a sanctioned singles round uh, once a week, which uh, if you're looking to, if you're thinking about getting into something like that, this is actually a, a PDGA sanctioned event, which uh, for disc golfers, um, every sanctioned event you play in, you're able to acquire points to potentially go to like the amateur world championships and things like that, and also uh, goes toward your round rating and the things that disc golfers worry about that if you're a casual player, uh, you won't, you might not care about, but it's still a great way to go and, and play around of golf that you follow PDGA rules and mark your discs the way you're supposed to and, you know, do everything it, you, according to PDGA rules rather than 
um, being per- being more casual like uh, like you are if you just play with your friends or uh, you know are playing another uh, other casual rounds. Um, but our big event every year is the Greater Lafayette Open, which usually happens the uh, like the second weekend in uh, in September. And this year, that's the the tenth and eleventh, uh, whatever whatever that weekend uh, is. I think it's the tenth and the eleventh. It'll be uh, Saturday and Sunday. Um, and last year, the event sold out with 144 players, and that plays. Um, last year played one round at the Washout Waters course and one round at the Washout Woods course uh, with lunch in the middle. And this year will actually be the first year we are expanding that event to be uh, two days long. So you'll play a couple rounds on Saturday and then uh, more again on Sunday. Um, and uh, you will have a lot more information on how that's going to work as, uh, as the year moves along. But this will be the, uh, the first year that we've stepped up to a, a two-day event. That is, uh, I'm looking forward to it, and hopefully, you know, since you know me now, you're going to sneak me into that one, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know a guy, yeah. <laughs> give, me a, give me a heads up, at least. Uh, this is Inside <laughs> Our Towns, the podcast, uh, brought to you by Arconic. If it flies or dries, we're on it. We're talking to Scuba Steve, vice president of the Wabash Disc Golf Club. Now, for someone who's listening to this has never played disc golf, Take them through the similarities between if you played golf before, you're going to understand disc golf. But take us through just a quick, this is how it works, the tee pads, the pars, the basket. Sure. Um, so, like you said, if you're familiar with, with ball golf already, then you already get how disc golf works, except for the details. So, like, ball golf is hit a ball and try to get it into the hole in as few hits as you, as you can do it. And disc golf is the same thing. It's try to get a disc into, um, if, if anybody has ever seen a disc golf basket, it looks kind of like a, um, this tangle of chains that is uh, uh, hanging over a little metal basket. And the idea is to hit the chains with the disc, disc falls into the basket, and then you've completed the hole. So going from the tee to the basket in as few throws as you can, just like golf is doing it in as few uh, hits of the ball as you can. Um, and as far as like how, how long the holes are and that sort of thing, um, as a rough estimate, you can think of ball golf is yards while disc golf is feet. So while a, you know, a ball golf hole might be 200 yards long, um, you know, a, a par three might be you know, 180 or two, 200 yards long, in disc golf, they'll be you know, more like 200 or 300 feet long. So yep. they, it, it, that's a, a decent rough estimate if you're, if you're just getting started, what you can expect for, uh, you know, for, for, for the length of holes. Um, Disc golf tends to be, like we've talked a little bit about already, tends to be in much more wooded locations than, than ball golf is. Um, disc golf focuses much more on dodging obstacles as opposed to keeping the ball in, you know, in a short grass area, uh, which for me is the, the most fun part of, the, of disc golf anyway. Is, you know, cur- curving a frisbee around trees and stuff is, is super fun. Um, but, yeah, if you're, if you're familiar with ball golf, you've got a real good idea of how disc golf works already. And the best part is it's free. There's no, yeah, it, uh, there's no tea, no green fees to go out and play disc golf. Yeah, at least uh, here in Lafayette, we don't have any any pay to play courses. There, there are. Uh, it's it's definitely becoming more and more popular around the country to have uh, have pay to play courses as as the sport has become more popular and uh, different parks and even even private individuals have realized that there are you know enough people playing now that you can you know that you can potentially actually. Um, uh, at least break even uh, uh, doing it. So, advice for beginners: someone wants to just get started. Maybe they've 
throwing a disc in the backyard or whatever. Give them some advice if they want to get started on what they should focus on so that they don't get frustrated right off the bat. Right. Uh, so what I would say the best thing to do if you're in Lafayette and just getting started is one Saturday go to Plastic to the People. Yep. Um, it, it's on Main Street. It's 927, I think, is the address. It's actually right next door to Buttery Shelf Eatery. So you know, if they were both open, you could like make a day of it. You could stop <laughs> in, do your disc golf shopping, get lunch you know, right next door. Um, but, but Plastic to the People is a fantastic uh, uh, shop here in town. They're only open on Saturdays, uh, so you, you kind of have to pay attention to that. Um, but, but the guys working in the shop, if you walk in and say, hey, I'm brand new, like, what do I need? Um, they'll, they'll hook you up with, uh, you know, with, with a putter and a mid-range and a driver. Uh, and uh, very often you can look through the used bins so you can get everything you need for, you know, for a very, uh, very reasonable price point to get started. Um, and they'll also be really good at helping pick out discs that, that are suitable for new players to throw. Um, one of the things that as you, as you play, you learn is how different each kind of, each kind of disc golf disc flies. And uh, it, it's important for newer players to be given discs that are often a little bit lighter and often more what we refer to as understable. They're, they're discs that are easier for a new player to throw, somebody who, who doesn't have the kind of high arm speed that's required for, for really throwing some of the more over, overstable discs that, that are designed to go really far but need to be thrown very hard and fast to make it happen. You know, the, the kind of thing that a new player really is, not gonna, is going to struggle to do when they first start, uh, start learning. So um, going to a disc golf store and talking to the people there is, is really just a great resource as far as getting off to a good start and getting discs that are going to help you enjoy your early rounds more. Um, one, of the, one of the mistakes that I know I made uh, when I first started playing and didn't really ask anybody about how, how disc golf works um, was I tended to, you know, I would look at the little numbers on, on the disc and, and the numbers on the disc give, you know, give its flight characteristics. And I would look at it and think, well, here's the, the one with the biggest number, like, you know, the fastest number. That's got to be the one that's going to go the farthest. And theoretically, that's, that's true, but you have to be able to throw it at that speed. And when you're, when you're starting out, those, those discs that you think, oh, I'll, I'll get the high-speed one because then I'll be able to throw far, and it doesn't work that way. And, and, and that's the kind of thing that when you're first starting, you, you might, like, it, it's, not in, it's not intuitive. And so when you talk to somebody who's, you know, who, who works with those discs every week of their life, uh, they can say, hey, here's a thing that's understable. You're not going to have to throw this as hard for it to fly in its, its you know, preferred flight trajectory. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the, the, the best first thing you can do is, is go to an actual store and have somebody you know, help, help pick out some, some discs for you that are going to be designed for a newer player, designed for, for a slower arm speed. And then when you get the hang of it, you'll, you'll then, after you know, not too long, you'll have a Garage full of bins full of discs that you've acquired or purchased or you know gotten from various places, and um, each one will fly a little bit differently. And you will learn which ones you know are for headwinds and tailwinds and uh, you know uh, calm conditions and rainy conditions. And you'll end up with uh, all kinds of frisbees for all these different things, and it, you'll absolutely love it. Where can people learn more? About Wabash Disc Golf Club and uh, get some, and you guys give great advice. Uh, it's an open forum, but uh, tell them about you guys' Facebook page. Okay, yeah, that's that's the best place to stay up to date on uh, disc golf things happening in the Lafayette area. Um, look up Wabash Disc Golf Club of Greater Lafayette uh, on Facebook, 
and I think you need to like re- request to join the uh, to join the page uh, to, to get on there. But you know, it's mostly just our way to make sure we don't have a whole bunch of bots uh, getting in. But yeah, you'll you'll join the join the page, and then you can keep an eye th- uh, eye there for uh, tournament and league announcements. Uh, people often get on there and say, you know, hey, I'm going to go out to you know Wabash Waters at two o'clock. Can anybody join me? And that's a, it's a great way to to find people to throw with. Um, it's a good way to find out, uh, you know, maybe, uh, maybe you're, you know, you've got a, a little bit of a drive to get to Murdoch. You can, you know, put on there, Hey, is Murdoch really muddy? I don't want to make the drive in if it's really bad. And, um, but yeah, it, 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 that's, that's the best place to, uh, to keep an eye on as far as, uh, staying up to date on, on events in town or finding people to throw with, or just disc golf in general. And if you want to see what the pros do, just look up Joe Mez pro on YouTube. Yep. And I warned you. You may be on there for hours once you get started. Um, try not to look at it at work like I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, 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 it is, it, it, it's absolutely amazing. And if you ever get the chance, like if you're somebody who, who's, who's getting into disc golf, um, if you ever get the chance to go see the, the, the pros play, like uh, probably like the Ledgestone Open oh, yeah. in Peoria is, I think, the, the, the closest the closest stop that, that, the, that all the, the, the top arm pros will, will be at. And when you watch it, you know, like you said, you watch Jomez, who does an absolutely phenomenal job of, of filming and, and, and putting out disc golf material. Um, when, you, when you watch that, you know, you can watch it and, it, and it's incredible to watch and it's amazing. But until you go and see someone do that in real life, until you go see someone throw a Frisbee 600 feet in, in real life, you, 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 you can't really appreciate, like, what they're doing. Like, like you, you go and they, they, they throw a, a disc. And you watch it go, and you're like, okay, if it was me, it would, you know, come down right about now. And it's like just barely getting started, and it just keeps going and going and going, and it, it's absolutely remarkable. And you, you, I, I can't imagine going and seeing someone do that and leaving and going, I don't want to play that game. That doesn't look like any fun. <laughs> <laughs> I went to but, the uh, 2019 Worlds at P- in Peoria at Ledgestone, and mm-hmm. um, it was, it's unbelievable. It's, it yeah. almost looks fake. Yeah, it, it, I, I tell people like that it's like magic when when they yeah. they throw a disc and you're like, well, it's, it's got to come down sometime, and and it just doesn't. They just go and go and go <laughs> until, of course, then like Eagle McMahon or like one of the you know one of the guys who's especially good at throwing rollers will then throw one that rolls along the ground, and you know he'll throw one 750 feet that you know just rolls the whole time. It's it, like it, it's just mind-boggling what what people can do with them, and it, it's been a lot of fun, um, even just over the last you know, 10 or 12 years that I've been playing to see how, how much larger the sport has gotten, how much course designers have to now think about like the kind of things that top tier pros can do now that they simply couldn't do 10 years ago, or, or there simply weren't very many who could, who could do those kind of things. And, and now you have, you know, a, a pro tour full of players who can all do these just unbelievable things with, with, with Frisbees where that kind of thing just was not, you know, just didn't happen you know, 12 years ago. And, um, it, it, it's, it's been, it's been really great watching, you know, watching the sport explode the way it has been. And they're not all living in vans. They're making a million dollars a year now. So things are yep, changing yep. in disc golf, especially in this off season, but we won't nerd out completely on them. 
but but Scuba and I will later. All right. Uh, <laughs> Scuba Steve, Vice President of the Wabash Disc Golf Club. Find them on Facebook. It's the best place to get started. Can't wait. Uh, it's coming up in March when the time changes and we get to do the blind draw doubles again. And I uh, appreciate your time today, and it's been really good getting to know you, and I'm, I'm sure we'll play some disc golf together very soon. I, I really look forward to it, Seamus. Thanks a lot for having me and for, for getting the word out there. And, and really, for anybody listening, if you're interested in getting involved in, in disc golf in Lafayette, uh, get, get, get on the, the club's Facebook page, uh, put a message on there that you're just getting started, and you'll have friends to play golf with in no time, and you're, you're going to love it. I, I guarantee it. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.